What a fascinating yet challenging time to be a leader. And in this Leading by Nature series, I interview pioneering leaders from diverse organizations, exploring future fit leadership and organizational development. I'm Giles Hutchins, executive coach, senior advisor and author of many books, the latest being Leading by Nature, which explores the inner nature and outer nature of the organization and the inner and outer nature of the leader as they journey toward regenerative futures. Welcome to the Leading by Nature podcast with myself, Giles Hutchins, and my very special guest today, Galahad Clark, CEO and co-founder of the natural health and lifestyle brand, Vivo Barefoot. Thank you so much, Galahad, for being here with me today. Thanks, Giles. Great to be here. Hello, everybody. So we're going to dive straight in by exploring a little bit about Vivo and how it's adapting and evolving in these interesting times. Perhaps you could start, Galahad, by sharing a little bit about Vivo's reason for being, its passion and its purpose. Yeah, so Vivo Barefoot is a footwear company, but um, unfortunately the footwear industry is one of the most damaging in the world, both in the products it makes um, and in the environmental harm it creates in the world. And so Vivo um, is trying to make footwear that both positive for personal health and has a minimal impact on planetary health. And, you know, the existing footwear industry not only is full of fossil fuel polymers, heavy metal tannering, but the shoes themselves, you know, at best disconnect people from the world around them and at worst deform and make young people's feet unhealthy and whole bodies unhealthy. Yeah, well, you've been on this quite, it's quite an interesting journey um, the company's been on since its inception, coming up for its 10-year uh, anniversary, actually, uh, this year, which is very exciting. I've had the real pleasure of being on the journey with you over the last, what, 20 months now, uh, exploring regenerative leadership. And we talk about how, you know, regenerative leadership is essentially bringing ourselves back in tune with nature. You know, what you're exploring here, using shoes to help us connect more to who we are, to ourselves, and also to connect to the world around us, is key. And you've been going through some quite significant shifts in uh, the organization just over the last couple of years. Could you share a little bit about some of the exciting initiatives that you've been doing to shift just from sustainable shoes or doing less bad into actually helping uh, shoes, uh, how we connect to nature through some of the initiatives like Revivo, um, where you have worn shoes going into Reborn, keeping footwear away from landfill, and also things like V-Bio, where the bioevolution it's the tech revolution and v health where you actually connect people to health professionals so there's a lot that you're doing could you share a bit about that and how that is shifting the company yeah so um you know as a wise old american professor i think said you know the beginning of wisdom is the definition of terms and you know we like to think that sustainability or regeneration is allowing humans and other life to be able to flourish on earth and you know really the only excuse for filling the world up with more stuff is if products literally connect you closer to nature and or make you feel more human and or start to answer important environmental and ethical questions so of course as a footwear company it starts with feet but that's not enough and 
we aim to take our customers on multi-year transformational journeys that um, of course bring back natural movement but in many cases like in so many other industries it's about unraveling a lot of the harm that the western consumer is uh, is fraught with and it's not only deformed weak feet that cause you to move badly that then requires quite a lot of education to bring them back to life also the ability to be able to get those shoes repaired by second-hand shoes we're launching a bespoke service where you can literally get your shoes made foot by foot that to, to fit your feet and then really importantly the education and engagement to take people on those multi-year transformational journeys to inspire them to not only live a more holistic healthy life but also try to embody principles of regeneration in whatever organization or community they happen to be in yeah and that's an important part here we are using business or helping business become a force for good in the world be an agent for change how can we not just improve the products and the services that we provide but actually allow those consumers to actually become participants in making change happen and I think that's where Vivo Barefoot is really excelling it's sort of connecting out I mean you're going to Ireland this week uh, to engage with um, some education providers and universities around biomechanics um, so you've got the science around how helping people think differently about movement um, but you also do a lot of work with um, universities um, and education and professional advisors around general health well-being nature connection again can you speak to that because it's a fascinating area quite frankly it's uh like a lot of other areas in, in the world where in many ways we're just unraveling and getting back to a natural human base layer and you know we always say that you know in a way we're just re-teaching people how to move like they or we're all born to move and if you want to see happy healthy movement if you just look at a four or five year old kid running around barefoot in the swimming pool on hard concrete surfaces, jumping in and out of the pool, laughing and enjoying movement. So it's sort of extraordinary that we have so much work against what is conventional wisdom now to help people uh, rediscover that natural joy of movement. And yeah, as you say, there are uh, universities all over the world engaged with uh, all kinds of extraordinary studies um, to help us relearn this natural movement, or at least sort of almost readdress the conventional wisdom of this silly notion that we need big padded shoes and support. And some of the sexiest, biggest brands in the world, I like to call big shoe have taken us away from that natural base layer. And it's the same in agriculture. It's the same in medicine and pharmaceuticals. And in many ways, we're almost just reinventing what we always knew. And, you know, one of my favorite Vivo Barefoot quotes is at the end of all our exploring, we come back to the beginning and know the place for the very first time. It's a T.S. Eliot quote. And, you know, people always say, well, what's the, what's the magic in your shoes? What is all the science behind it all? And of course, it's, it's nothing. It's just you. And it's just actually peeling off the layers of modern society is, and technology and the 20th century effort to emancipate ourselves from the natural ways. Um, and we're just trying to sort of peel back the layers. And, and it's through modern science that we're rediscovering those in this from the from the importance of the micro gut biome 
and the importance of soil health and how that interacts, the sleep patterns, the importance of light and the various toxins that we surround ourselves with. And so, yeah, modern science is starting to uncover a lot of these important things that, you know, frankly, our ancestors knew all too well. Yeah. So this is really interesting because this goes to the heart of regeneration. And one of the reasons why I love so much, one of the many reasons I love working with Vivo so close to my heart is this reconnecting us back into life. Really, quite frankly, it's just an opening up, a remembering of an ancient wisdom. And so, yes, we do need modern science to help pointers out of that. uh, And yet it's a remembering of something that we perhaps always knew. And what we've done on this journey with regenerative leadership at Vivo is look at how we can take some of the insight from living barefoot and bring that into the shift in the culture that's required. So we talk about the outer nature of the organization, that shift in products to services to communities, um, V-Biome, V-Health and so forth. And then there's the inner nature of the organization, how the organization's a living system is shifting and becoming more adaptive, more entrepreneurial and more regenerative by creating a more adult culture more self-managing and so forth and we use this model this live barefoot model around posture rhythm relax the way in which you move um, with barefoot through nature in then applying that to the culture so postural alignment being around processes and structure agile rhythm being taking small steps testing and learning and adapting and relax and flow actually being less about struggling and surviving and more about actually thriving and becoming more developmental now that's powerful don't forget the most important part of it to make that whole system work is the fact that our feet have hundreds of thousands of nerve endings and so without the sensory feedback and your feet being able to feel the ground and be truly grounded are you able to accurately make those adjustments so sensory feedback and feedback within the system is in in many ways the most vital component of that yes if you think about this posture with and relax it sits within the whole circle of sensory feedback And that sensory feedback, you could argue, is right at the heart of what being regenerative is about. It's actually being open, being able to sense and respond rather than trying to control and manage. And so that shift from kind of a cushioned lifestyle, you know, cushioned shoes, cushioned ego, controlling and managing and having to kind of be in quite a rigid approach to life to actually shifting into a more agile, flowing and sensing way is what living barefoot's about and is also what being regenerative is about. And so the journey that we've been on is really trying to homegrown Vivo's own way into this regenerative journey by developing um, its culture through this live barefoot approach. And I'd like you to, if you can, just share a bit about that. You know, you've been on quite a shift over the last 20 months, you know, from a sort of top-down hierarchy and you've got some parent-child power dynamics into trying to shift it into a more agile rhythm uh, sensing approach you've been a massive part of that transformation and in in many ways uh, we'd started the journey i think pre-pandemic at least the thinking and we connected um pre-pandemic but that definitely had a a, obviously a dramatic impact on on all of us and um, the world in general and so all of a sudden we went from a sort of bunch of commuters showing up in a london office every day and as you say a fairly mechanistic structure to suddenly having to having in many ways to make this transformation to a virtual networked 
organization and coincidentally we we'd started the the journey with you at that time and it was on the beach in devon we all gathered and just pre-lockdown um to start that 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 process so and it's been not quite 18 months is that right since we started the journey and it's extraordinary to think of how far we've come so we all effectively have stayed in a flexible working environment. Um, we've completely reimagined the organization from top to bottom, created much more um, customer-facing teams and, or pods, as we may call them, backed up by enabling central functions. And then um, this concept of circles where we've allowed different circles to emerge within the organization um, young leaders who have inspirational ideas that create cross-functional teams which at the beginning we we almost forced to try to keep the, the the organization fully networked but then as they grew they've become taken on a life of their own and some of the most exciting projects we've delivered in the last couple of years have happened because of these cross-functional circles to the examples you gave earlier things like Revivo, which is our e-commerce platform, or vHealth, the online digital education platform, young leaders in the organization being totally entrepreneurial, pulling in the various functions and teams they needed into a cross-functional group to deliver really exciting customer propositions that have you know, uh, already had transformative impacts, obviously not just on our organization, but on our community. And in you know, many ways, we're in, at the beginning of this journey, as you know, and Certain people have flourished and blossomed in this kind of environment, in this self-managed, networked environment, and other people have really been challenged by it. And interestingly, generally, the the more experienced operators, and as you know, uh, you know, we've doubled in size in the last two years as an organisation. We hired lots of people without meeting them in in many ways. Uh, but we've done everything we can to obviously get them down to your beautiful woods in Springwood to foster as many sort of cross meetings without an office. And um, it's been a fascinating journey. And it's, you know, in many ways, we're just at the beginning of it to sort of see which parts of, you know, where, where it's flourished and where it's really worked and where it's struggled both organizationally and individually. There's something very powerful in this, um, which is uh, recognizing that you know, it's a transition. And we tend to think of transitions as sort of moving from one state to the next. Whereas actually, in reality, when we look at complex systems and the organization as a living system, it's actually moving from a, a kind of a mechanistic state into something that is just more able to continuously transition. And that's quite difficult for people. That's sort of moving from a kind of almost comfortable, back to your cushioned foot analogy, into something that is continuously having to flex and flow, um, having to be in tune with the ever-changing environment, which is where the sensory feedback comes in. And so that is challenging for people. And what we've noticed on this journey, you and I, is how, yes, some people, you know, initially everybody, I think, struggles um, with it to start with. But then when some people quite quickly find a bit of a new norm and really start thriving in it, whereas others perhaps need additional support, sometimes actually the old parent-child relationships where you're kind of told what to do can actually work well. And it's been quite interesting or philosophically interesting anyway for us to explore, well, does this mean that they're not right for the organisation? Or does it actually mean that maybe we just create 
the environment that is diverse fully in helping people become more entrepreneurial, but also providing the facilities for some people who don't want to be. Uh, what's your views on that, which is quite challenging to deal with? Well, to use the um, barefoot analogy, the transition back to healthy natural movement is varying degrees of difficulty for different types of people. And, you know, if you're overweight and slightly older or your sort of bad habits are deeply ingrained, then it's a longer, more difficult journey to someone who's, let's say, younger, lighter, spends a lot of time in nature anyway, and is generally sort of, let's say, more barefoot in their overall lifestyle. So it's very little to do with, in many ways, sort of ability or um, intelligence in a way. It's just, it's more mindset and, and lifestyle approach. And so some people just naturally click into it and understand it and it makes sense to them. And other people need a, need a lot more encouragement or education or a slower pace, a lot more walking before they can start running, so to speak. And yeah, we've had to be very sensitive to that and um, it's been especially people coming out of bigger, more structured corporate environments have been challenged to the core of their being to sort of rethink everything they know about things. And as we know, we live in a world of massive cognitive dissonance and the societal transformation we all want to see is it will be resisted. Um, but it's never a question for me of whether it's the right thing to do or not. I mean, it's a truth once known cannot be unknown. And it's a bit like that for me with barefoot shoemaking. As you know, I was making lots of different types of shoes. But when I understood really the way the foot worked and really the way natural movement worked, there was no other way to make shoes. And it feels like that organization and culturally now for the journey we're on. And hopefully many more organizations will follow. Yeah. And this is very interesting because, of course, there is something in us that wants to, um, I have to say, I'm not just saying this because um, um, I'm talking to you, Galahad, but I have become a convert to Vivo. But you remember when you used to come here and you used to just glance at my feet and I'd somehow slipped on some, something else like some, some Clarks or something. Whereas, um, you know, now I only wear Vivo. I can't actually wear any other shoes. Um, I've tried um, when I used to go off and, and do some guest lecturing at a business school or something. I thought, oh, I better take my normal shoes with me. And I can't wear them anymore. My body will not allow me to. So I'm totally converted. And I what I tend to do around this time of year when the woods are drier is go actually barefoot. Um, so I've been last few weeks starting to wear a bit more barefoot just in the mornings when I'm going around um, getting things sorted for the day ahead, doing watering and getting prepared for a coaching client. And I've noticed over the winter, my feet start getting soft again because I'm wearing shoes. And then at the beginning time here, and it's a bit painful, especially when you sort of stand on some old ferns or something and there's some, and you think, oh gosh, and it'd be easy in a way to think, okay, you know, I won't bother. I'll, I'll go back to just wearing shoes. I won't bother wearing barefoot. But you have to keep persisting and it's the same with this with a regenerative culture with a self-managing culture it's this not holding on to what served us in the past learning from what served us in the past but not holding on not having to stick with the old um, and actually start breaking into the new and that opening that process of essentially a death rebirth process which is innate within regeneration and is innate within life is sort of autumn winter going into spring process of letting go of the old and welcoming in the new is actually something we're having to embed in the culture all the time it's not a one-off shift it's actually getting people used to continuously transitioning which requires if i may say immense courage 
from the leadership team because it's easy to go back. Can you speak to that at all about how perhaps it might have been easy to sort of revert back? Or as you say, is it too late? You've already sensed the other side and therefore going back is not an option. Well, I mean, I think, you know, as, as you know, the, the leadership team is, is far from perfect, um, myself included. And we have spent a lot of time in padded organizations, our own organization itself being, you know, frankly, developed in a fairly mechanistic way. And the truth is those behaviors from the leadership team, myself included, creep in every now and again or, or, or pop every now and again. And, you know, let's call it heel striking or long loping so overstriding, trying to take two big steps or tensing up, you know, pushing forward when perhaps a more natural um, approach is better. And that challenge continues. And we, 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 we notice those behaviors all the time. We just, you know, led by you, obviously did a whole leadership feedback circle, which was deeply personal, deeply um, transparent, where we all listed out the strengths and weaknesses of each other a group of about eight people, and everybody shared their full list of strengths and weaknesses as deemed by the rest of the group. And that was a very profound moment. It was very recent. And as you well know, there was a long, long list for everybody to uh, continue to think about and develop. And so, yeah, we're, we're a long way from all perfectly moving and totally natural sync with one another. But I think we're determined to get there. And maybe we'll never get there. And that's that's in many ways the challenge of, of natural movement in itself is that to go great distances with perfect natural technique is, you know, almost impossible for most people. Um, so you need massive support. And like you say, death, rebirth, fresh legs coming into the organization uh, on a regular basis, which is the also the natural way of things and, and bringing young people into the organization seeing them thrive and become leaders themselves is as you know the most thrilling part of developing any organization yeah i mean when i listen to what's going out there in the world at the moment there's a lot going on um, due to the amount of change and volatility and you've got you know paul polman and so forth um, with net positive and business you know definitely i think business has, has shifted over the last 20 years um, since i've been in sustainability we're now starting to get it inverted commas the business case for sustainability but actually the whole business case or the capacity for regeneration is only just starting to come through and what we're exploring here and this level of courage that's required to continuously journeying on a never-ending journey, as you say. It's not at the point of the journey. It's not actually to arrive. It's to the journey itself. And that is a real challenge for the sort of short-termist, got to meet the numbers, got to um, get the quarterly returns in. And it helps with somewhere, a company like Vivo, where you are growing, you are profitable, even in challenging times with airlifts now having to, you know, because of conflict and uh, COVID and all sorts of challenges. You are allowing your business to grow and adapt in these challenging times. So I'd like to pivot now a little bit to you, if I may, Galahad. Obviously, you've been coming here to Springwood and we've been exploring things together personally. Um, is there anything in terms of your own practice, your own capacity to sense in? I mean, you're very intuitive and you have a good gut knowing and you're actually very grounded as a person. And yet you're doing a hell of a lot as a leader, um, both within the organization and across the organization. Anything that you've learned or anything that you do as a practice that helps you be barefoot? 
it's a never-ending journey and you've taught me a lot in it, yourself and look you know I like to think that you know ultimately mother nature is the boss and we're all here to serve her and you know the minute we stop learning from nature is the minute that you know really it's all over and in many ways I'm still a beginner complete beginner in learning about mother nature and obviously the more you know the more you don't know and with every layer we peel back the the, the more interesting and insightful it becomes and Mother Nature does not rush, but accomplishes everything. So I still often have a sense of rushing and find the building the fallow periods and the wintering into the organization a massive challenge. But ultimately, um, I think just for me, it's been spending quality time in nature in a relatively sacred way with key people in the organization and it's those interactions that we learn from as it were and you learn almost through others about yourself and about the organization itself but those interactions facilitated by you in nature have been deeply um, learning for me and so you know I would just recommend so much for every leadership team that with a facilitator someone like yourself to spend these deep times in nature together and you and I have had some magical moments of just sensing into different parts of your wood and different trees and feeling the different energies and respecting that diversity of an ecosystem and we have these three values in Viva, and one of the one of the core ones is diversity. And you know, obviously, no ecosystem can possibly survive unless it's diverse. And you know, we've both witnessed woods of non-indigenous trees planted for forestry with zero diversity, and in the end, they're, they're dead. There's no life in them. And obviously, we're trying to build an ecosystem with a lot of life that totally depends on diversity. And so, being open to that diversity and that breadth of life is one of the really really interesting challenges in, in building an organization i think and because it's obviously very easy to constantly revert to type and revert to homogeneity and so and that's just a, a never-ending journey on that level yeah well we talk as you know we've been playing with this tension of divergence and diversity and convergence and alignment around purpose to create emergence as a flow and nature's creative advance uh you know learning from nature recognizing that nature is just showing us about emergence is showing us about how to go with the ebbs and flows i was having a chat about this yesterday actually about how being self-employed you know you, you know, work goes in ebbs and flows but as soon as there's a sort of um you know there's a, a slightly quieter period rather than just enjoying that um you start worrying and thinking oh could i should i be planning the next thing and it's a, how to be at ease how to connect and just let go and trust in life, you know, is quite a big challenge for a leader of any organization in these volatile times. So it's been a real honor to work with you. Are there any final tips that you might wish to share about people maybe wishing to engage in this journey? Look, I think a lot of organizations come up with all kinds of excuses of, of why not to do this, or why it's not right for them, or the time is not right. So the most important thing is just to start my tip, of course, is to start by reading your book, Regenerative Leadership. And now there's a new book coming out, you know, which you should plug. But with that framework, with that learning, you need to sort of obviously have a basis of theory. Then you go back to your organization's purpose or mission and say, have we got this philosophically right? Because there's so many businesses out there that end up sort of doing more of the wrong things righter rather than just actually doing the right thing in the first place. 
and this whole notion in business and capitalism of you know doing well and then doing good drives me crazy and you know to your point about the short-term capitalist agenda that we all live in you know everyone needs to go back to their organization's purpose and mission and make sure that's philosophically right and then we can all do well and good at the same time rather than being a slave to capitalism and then maybe you know with the extra money trying to do a bit of good on the side and then of course you know find someone like your good self to be a guide i think having an external guide on the processes is super important and you've gotten to know vivo deeply and intimately and been um you know i don't think we could have done this journey without you on, on many levels and you've kept us true to path so the big tip i think is finding someone like your good self and then getting your whole organization out into nature ultimately guided by her to make sure your business is then philosophically following her yeah to follow nature's wisdom is really at the heart of regenerative leadership well thank you galahad it's a real it's always a pleasure to chat with you and i know we've got some camping experiences coming up soon in the woods which i very much look forward to and your leadership team um, coming over here and also a selection of the organization coming here to do some feedback circles so very much looking forward to the weeks ahead it's been a real honor galahad i'd like to say this publicly a real honor to work with you over the months so thank you and thank you for this conversation today i would love to turn the tables on you and just give you the chance to obviously you are developing your yourself and your organization alongside you know a really really beautiful and magical piece of land and then as we as an organization also develop it would be fascinating to maybe hear about where your head's at as it were in terms of what have you learned on your journey with us on how to help organizations make this journey and what would be your tips thank you yeah i think there's something around power relations here i mean i always knew that uh, the key to all of this regenerative leadership was about adult developmental psychology and consciousness essentially seeing it in such a diverse lively vibrant organization like vivo has been very interesting for me to observe and having people coming here one-to-one -one, but also having lots of phone calls and chats with people as they check in it's playing with tensions a lot of this is um, noticing where tensions are healthy tensions that need to be held so they become crucibles for emergence for creativity and they unlock something they unlock a power within the system and when actually some of those tensions perhaps are becoming unhealthy because they're creating too much dissonance you mentioned cognitive dissonance earlier now cognitive dissonance is actually essential for any shift you know we need that that's what creates us that's what cajoles us out of that comfortable numbness into change and yet if there's too much it's a sweet spot if there's too much then people spin too much and so people need to feel kind of settled and comfortable and yet we actually want people to be uncomfortable and cajoled that sweet spot that dance between them is um i think a, a very powerful learning for me and how power relations how our own ego and how we feel secure in our own selves our relationship with our deeper power not our ego power but who we truly are our purpose our dharma if you like but also then the relations that we have with others again how are those relations is power is a unbalanced sort of ego sort of you could say masculine power getting in the way a bit so we're influencing others and taking people off a truer path or is it a more soft power more balanced masculine feminine power where we're actually allowing the person to open and then that relationship is allowing nature to flow is bringing nature in so i think that's the sort of 
front line of a lot of this is how are we engaging with each other? How are we waking up, getting on with the day? How are we noticing our own stuff? Um, perhaps showing up in ways and then being able to go back and go, actually, you know what? Thanks for that conversation. Let's have some feedback and, and let's explore that. So we're constantly learning from our interactions as the day goes. So that's, for me, is the real front line of creating a regenerative organization and working with you guys. You're so, such a lively organization with so much potential and yet there's a lot of diversity in the organization. So it's been very interesting for me, a really rich learning experience to see how those power relations need to adapt and evolve as we go on the journey. I hope that makes some sense, Galahad. It makes a lot of sense. And, you know, as something I've struggled with and, and wrestled with and is the amount of tension to keep in the organization and then the right balance of leadership and let's call it a yin-yang balance. And I, I probably err to the latter and but interestingly, probably quite a lot of the tension is a yin tension in a way. And so, um, yeah, it's been really, and it continues to be fascinating because obviously a tension, an organization with no tension is just slack and doesn't go anywhere. But to foster tension creatively and positively is the real challenge is to grow an organization, to be innovative and to obviously ultimately provide a better value to society. And so you're sort of, you know, constantly driving forward, but how to do that without a, any culture of fear or as little stress in the system as possible, that people are genuinely really enjoying that journey. And as you know, that's something we struggle with and we're a long, long way from getting right. And so I look forward to the next chapters with you. And it's what I always said to people, you know, when we, we, we've just been on the journey to, we've become a 50 million pound organization now, but the truth is, it's been very stressful in the last six months. We got some of the externalities that we obviously didn't encounter for, put a lot of pressure on the organization. And then we're trying to make another big step in the future. But we're saying, well, let's actually maybe pursue less growth, but let's make sure we do it with also less stress and more resilience. And so, you know, those are really important challenges for every organization, I think, to enjoy the journey of ultimately, hopefully making the world a slightly better place thanks to the products and services we offer it yeah and not every organization is lucky to have um such a thoughtful uh, wise ceo and on that note i would like to just say it's a real pleasure so thank you galahad um i think our time is up now i've really enjoyed this conversation for more on leading by nature you can follow me giles hutchins on linkedin and visit gileshutchins.com for free downloads of tools and practices for regenerative leadership and future fit business also watch out for my latest book leading by nature the process of becoming a regenerative leader